right. I am. I am ready to uh, to hear this. Is that all that you wanted to say about your classes? Um. Yeah. Uh. They're they're really not great. This class was not meant to be online. It's uh, very frustrating, and I don't like it. Yeah. Like I said before, school is trying to teach you to be the best desk jockey that you can, and the last thing they want is for you to be thinking for yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought when I went to a liberal arts college, maybe I would not be taking online multiple choice quizzes for half of my grade. <laughs> but I guess that's what a pandemic does to you. Right. Absolutely. Well, you want to talk about some magic? Uh, yeah, I would absolutely love uh, nothing more. Why don't you go ahead and uh, start off the episode for us? All right. Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Gutshot, home of the spiciest MTG hot takes. And we as you know, normally we're in your face. We're red, mad, nude online. But this one, we're taking it easy. We're kicking back. We're cracking open a nice cold elixir of immortality and just chilling. We're just vibing. We just want a grill, for God's sake. Just vibing. It's your boy, Will, at Aggressive Rhetoric. And with me, as always, is Frederick. How's it going, Frederick? Not bad. Uh, just got done with some uh, some cringe ass online classes. I had to do an annotated bibliography, um, which should be a war crime. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk about some magic um, because I had to do a little bit of work and it, uh, it made me really sad. Now, I have to say, you sound a wonderful today. You Did you get a new haircut? Uh, you got new, you got new um, shoes? Uh, cutting my hair is haram. I got a new mic. You got a new mic. Uh, it is a very, very nice mic. Actually, I didn't get a new mic. I just learned how to use the mic that I paid $80 for a year ago. <laughs> um, I have a used blue Yeti microphone. So um, nice. you can thank me finally learning how to use it uh, for uh, this episode sounding a little bit more, um, more clear. I think that... Uh, no, absolutely no shame in having the same microphone that every single other person uses. You're in good company. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, so it's doing me well. Yeah, so I actually uh, am looking to upgrade my audio game. Um, just yesterday, I went on r slash uh, build a PC sales, and I saw a posting for a restock on a very uh, very recommended microphone. Uh, this is the uh, Samson Q2U. Uh, yes, Q2U. And, uh, you know, very well online. I went on YouTube. I did my research to see if this was, uh, you know, a, a good microphone for me to move up from this gaming headset that I'm using. And I went ahead and pulled the trigger on, uh, you know, $60. I got an email. Nice. Well, I got an email earlier today. Uh, right after I got out of my class saying that uh, B&H Photo canceled my order and refunded me and gave absolutely no reason as to why they would do that. That is really unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. I guess we will uh, be at the same audio quality for a little bit longer before you jump back up to several grades higher than mine. Right. I'll need to um, see what's going on there. You're all going to have to uh, deal with my uh, very poor sounding dulcet tones for just a little bit long. <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> this is going this is going great. I love this. I do, too. This rapport is great. We both say um and then pause for a full minute. We're Hey, hey, we're doing it. We're doing it live. You know, it's all it's all chill. It's all chill. I love it. truly. I love you too, man. Um, so Zendikar Rising is out, and we're not going to talk about any of the spoilers today of specific cards, but we are going to talk about the mechanics, we're going to talk about the way they reintroduce Fetchlands, and we're going to talk about what we've got upcoming for this year in Magic. Yeah, a lot, lot of exciting stuff happening. Today was the um, kind of the big reveal of spoilers uh you know we've had some uh, leaks here and there before but today is the big hurrah and they just they just absolutely drenched us with info my mind was kind of reeling trying to keep up with all the uh new cards and story stuff and setting and uh yeah. you know uh promos being thrown our way so I i'm gonna need your help to uh kind of uh help me shift uh sift through everything that we've been given 
Oh, what, what do you mean? You don't understand the difference between the head turner and the Auga slot <laughs> and the, the final finish? Hey, as, as long as I'm opening up at least one uh, Colossal Dreadmaw in every pack, I'll be happy. Amen, brother. Um, so what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the upcoming year in Magic? You want to you land on Zendikar? What's the, what's the vibe? Well, I need... I Okay, this is the MTG podcast for hot takes. I need to know what you think about these mechanics. Um, we're getting land. Okay. We're getting land falling kicker back. And, you know, fan favorites. I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. Um, we have this party mechanic, uh, and um, it just seems really weird. Um, it's it, it seems to be one of those like limited fodder, uh, uh, you know, workhorse mechanics to make the to make the limited environment work more smoothly. But it just seems like our our we really going to be able to have all of these uh creature types on the field uh with enough frequency for it to really impact gameplay okay i've got a hot take for you about um party so um it requires a little bit of of a prelude um there's an auto body shop uh called mcmahon's uh in berea kentucky and um, the owner is incredibly racist. Uh, he like called my professor a slur when he tried to get his car fixed there. Just super terrible guy. Mm. And um, when when Party got revealed for Zendikar uh, Rising, I finally found the mechanic that I hated worse than that guy. Um, so I don't know if that lead up was worth that at all. Um, I hate this mechanic. I think it's bad. I think it's so fucking clunky from the way it works to the way they worded it. And it's supposed to pull in the D&D crowd, but it kind of feels like pandering. They could, um, they could have like found some way to neatly intertwine the mechanics. They could have worked for it, but instead they're like, ah, the D&D party, it's got these four memes that you can make Wojaks of these four classes and um, and and so we put them on this mechanic and it, it would be, it would have been really cool if they put it on one card and it's like, oh, that's a cool reference. That's a nod to the way D&D works on this card. But instead, it's a mechanic that you're going to have to think about in literally every limited game. And it runs so goddamn clunky. And it's just to make a cheeky little reference to Dungeons and Dragons. It does feel a little kitschy, doesn't it? It's like it kitschy. That's the word that I was looking for. Yes. Do we I, I like I get it. Uh, and. and for those of you who are not up with what's going on with Zendikar Rising, um, basically Magic now has this thing called the Party, which is a collection of one of each of four different creature types. And these are the classic D&D classes. Uh, it's Warrior, Cleric, Wizard, and Rogue. So cards will care about whether you have these cards. Uh, you know, it if you have creatures of these creature types in play and how many uh, of creating a set of a party. Uh, and so obviously that makes sense. It's kind of like, you know, Ooh, you know, soy face. Oh, I have an adventuring party. I'm on Zendikar, but do we need <laughs> this? Is this really adding something to the gameplay? Uh, I guess, I guess we'll see. It's only the first day of spoilers, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a little, uh, hesitant on. Yeah, um, it's not like as parasitic as energy or anything, but it gives you an extra arbitrary thing to track without adding much fun to the game, without adding much um, like sort of deep layers of, of card design. Um, any of these cards could have cared about anything else, but they gave us this weirdly arbitrary thing for you to track, not only while you're playing, but while you're drafting and limited. Um, and it's just super awkward. It also constrains, they have to include, basically any humanoid creature in this set has to conform to one of those creature types um, so that the sets limited can play well. And it's phrased so poorly because there's not even a good way to phrase it. And I think any new player who gets into this from D&D or from anywhere, if this is your first set and you're playing it, or even if you've been playing for a while, you're going to read a card that doesn't have the reminder text because they can't put it on every card. And it's going to say, you know, your opponent loses one life for each member of your party or whatever. And you're just going to assume that that means how many creatures you control. And I wouldn't fault you for that. And that's going to create some really awkward and bad um, game experiences for new players and old players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, hopefully, hopefully it plays really well. Hopefully it's more intuitive. I think uh, Mutate had this issue where uh, it looked very unintuitive. 
uh, when it was first shown to the public. And then as we played with it in Arena, it made a little bit more sense. So I'm, I'm going to hold off complete judgment for a little bit, but um, the cards aren't, aren't looking too great so far. Um, but we're also getting the dual-faced cards, which people love. Yeah, we've got soy face cards and dual face cards. Um, I have mixed feelings about the um, the dual flip lands, and I will be very pedantic about them, and you can't stop me. But I do love the way they kind of cleaned up basic land cycling with the flipping spells that can be lands. Uh, now the red the red card just seems busted, right? This is a uh, uh, Zindkar. Oh, no, uh, no, it's a uh, Valakut. Ascendant? No, that's not. That's not what it is. I don't know what the name of the card is, but it's it, Valakut Hot. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's it's a it's a basically a one sided wheel of fortune that uh, lets you draw plus one, and then could be a tapped amount on its backside. Uh, this is just busted, right? Um, I think it's fine. Um, sure. it's honestly not much better than light up the stage, and you can cast light up the stage for one mana reliably. Sure. I think that people kind of overestimate how good this kind of effect can be. All right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so we're getting. It seems like a lot of them will be uh, uh, lay in the thing. Uh, we haven't seen uh-huh. any so far, and it's only the first day. Uh, but we haven't seen any that are, uh, you know, two spells on both sides. It's always uh, one or more side is a lay. So um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see how these how these uh, play out, but um, I think that the uh, the ones that are half spell, half land, just have the ability uh, have the uh, potential to be very broken. I don't know about broken. They have a lot more utility, but the land always comes in tapped um, on the other side on both of the ones that we've seen so far. We've seen one at rare and one at uncommon, and it seems like they're giving them to us on the type of effect that is pretty situational. It's the same way that they would on a cycling card, which I think is the correct design decision. We've got like a duress for something that costs three or more, and then we've got the Valakut Resurgent. Both of those cards are pretty situational, and that's the kind of card you should be giving this mechanic to. I mean, I don't know. I just keep thinking of the card Fire slash Ice, uh, which is by all means, like both the sides of those cards are, um, you know, bad. They're very, you know, overcosted. But putting them together and giving you the flexibility makes it like a legacy playable card. Um, so like the cards themselves are fine, but it's the flexibility and putting them together, which uh, creates, you know, um, uh, ma- makes it better than the sum of its parts. I really think there's a lot of potential for the game to be broken with these cards. And uh, I will be uh, the spoiler threads on Reddit for these cards, I will be bookmarking them and then coming back in six months' time to make screenshots and then get free karma. That's true. you got to scoop up the karma. But I really think they're putting these on cards that you would absolutely not play if they didn't have a land on the back of them. And it's not like you're giving them a different effect that's like spicy on the back of them. You're just making... It's, it's just this can be a land instead. It's just basic land cycling for basically one because it comes intact. All right, yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, or mountains, basic mountain cycling or basic swamp cycling. Sure, yeah, yeah, but I mean that's pretty pretty powerful ability though. Um, yeah, I, you can come back to this podcast and tell me how wrong I was. <laughs> They're gonna screenshot the podcast and then put it mm. on Reddit and be like, "Listen to these yahoos being absolutely like silly about these cards that are obviously broken." Uh, so I look, I forward, knew. So I look forward to being uh, dragged on Reddit uh, in the very. Yeah, same. Um, so yeah, I, I, how how do you feel about these flip dual lands that can come in as either taps for a blue or taps for a red or whatever? It seems like they are almost strictly better than basics, right? Uh, Wizards has said in the past that they uh, are really hesitant to make any sort of uh, special land that is better than the basic land. And the... the the logic of that makes sense. Uh, and these just seem, I know, I know there's a little bit uh, downside. They are technically non-basic. They're non-fetchable, yada, yada, yada. But if you're playing a two-color deck and you have the appropriate flip land, there's no reason to not play this over a basic as long as you have other basics in your deck, right? Uh, it, it, uh, in standard, absolutely, yeah. In modern, I don't know if I agree, but yes. No, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be playing these in modern. Uh, but okay, um, cool. I mean, 
this just seems to kind of be going back on what they've said before, which they can do. Um, but these are, I, I really think these are as good, if not better than basic. Ones. Uh, yeah. I, in limited, they obviously are. Um, in standard, they pretty much obviously are. Other than maybe some uh, uh, fabled passage related shenanigans. My complaints with them have nothing to do with their power level. That's for better players than me to figure out. My complaints have to do with their clunkiness and their aesthetic. So we've gotten our first not cycle and not single dual land. It's six lands that seem to be not connected really with any pattern. We got the Boros one. We got the Is It one. We got only one that involves black, and we got three that involves red. Oh, I love um, I love this. I absolutely hate it. It's my least favorite thing. I I get that they're experimenting with more dials they can use. They can give some color combinations more powerful cards, like blue green, and some color combinations like red white that are fixing. But I just my pattern oriented brain hates this, and it just doesn't it doesn't look good. It doesn't. It, it's going to feel so weird because we can't just talk about the way mana bases are constructed anymore because we can't, we can no longer count on every color combination having the same dual land. Like imagine if we were talking about building modern decks and instead of just like, Oh yeah, you put 10 fetch lands or around 10 fetch lands in a deck. You had to consider whether the color combination you were playing had a fetch land that existed. If I okay, my response to that is um, if you are playing formats where fetch lands are the best or the the best lands to be playing and are legal, you're playing a format where the main edge of winning comes from considering those cases and uh, using them to your advantage. Um, Having to tweak your mana base and be cognizant of what lands and what colors are available to you in the most efficient packages is no different than just looking at your spells and color combinations there. That's no different than trying to figure out, should I play Heartless Act or Eliminate? You know, which which one of those is the one you should play? What mix between the two? Which ones are your, la- you know, your uh, uh, main board and sideboard? That is a, uh, that is a um, very important strategic decision that you have to consider and will give you and will give better players an edge in these high level formats um it seems like exactly what spikes want they want these things to basically give them an edge over other players um so i i i love this and and i look I hate magic players. I make I make no true, I make true. I make no uh, uh, excuses for this on the podcast. Um, and what and you know like uh, triggering the libs, so to speak, is uh, something I think all of us can you know get behind. Uh, and I just love seeing the magic uh, the magic community triggered by this. Um, honestly, they deserve. Um, I am part of the magic community that's really bothered by this. Partially, I think it gives Watsy license to fuck up a lot more stuff. Some of the constraints they've had on them have unironically prevented them from making stupid design choices. And with this constraint lifted, we could look at a standard format where blue-green has Misty Rainforest and Breeding Pool, and red-white has um, like a, the Innistrad Reveal Land and um, a Tango Land. So are, are, are you saying that you're triggered? Sure. Yeah, I'm a- absolutely. I've been BTFO'd with facts and logic. I'm a stupid globe head. Um, and I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll crawl back into the primordial jelly. I, I understand what you're saying. And uh, I believe that from the um, backlash that I've seen about it on, uh, you know, in the community and the discourse, uh, this is something that wizards will probably look at in but for now it's what we have um we don't know when we're getting the rest of them although i think there's something somewhere where morrow is saying we'll get them quote very soon who knows Um, what that means i want to drop one more hot steamy complaint about these flip lands um i hate that the two sides are not technically equal because let's say you've got the red white one and it's red on the face if i play it as the white one i get i technically get a distinct advantage because if my opponent goes to crumble to dust it, 
um, they can't get any more copies of it out of my library. It's the same issue with Reflector Maging a flipped Deskwatch Recruiter, and then they can still play Deskwatch Recruiter on their next turn because it didn't name Deskwatch Recruiter. It named Crowlinhorde Howler. And I don't think that this is an issue for power level reasons, but perfectly for, but particularly just for the way that the card functions. Um, if you play it on the red side, they can get the rest of the copies out of your deck, and if you play it on the white side, they can't. Sure. And I just think that is incredibly clunky design. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, I do have to admit, um, you uh, riled off a couple of cards there. I don't know what a single one of those cards do. I'm going. It's, to, it's extirpate. I'm going to assume that our um, listeners, our very smart and intelligent listeners, will understand what you meant by all of that. But I gotta be honest, I don't know what any of those cards do. But um, you no, know, you're, you're right. I mean, there's obviously um, design things going on here that could be improved or would cause problems but um i mean uh, again with the uh, like with the party mechanic we'll just see how it goes yeah the party mechanic isn't going to be busted it's just cringe <laughs> i think we can <laughs> um, but you know what's not cringe kicker is coming back yeah yeah i'm hype about that i lo- we got a planeswalker with kicker we're going to review it on the stream come come see it saturday night probably yeah yes uh so uh yeah, put it on your calendars sometime soon. There will be a gut shot Zendikar Rising spoiler stream where we're going to give you every single uh, uh, hot take you could uh, ever handle about these cards. Uh, and it's, it's, coming, it's coming to your ears very soon. Have you ever listened to us two white guys who think we're way funnier than we actually are talk for 15 minutes and been like, man, I wish this were three hours long then tune into our stream yeah yeah um i'm pretty sure that's uh pretty sure that's just what having a podcast is right yeah 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 um yeah a kicker um you know fan favorite um it, um smooths out limited games uh excited to see it return uh but you know yes uh don't really have much to say about that uh or land it's one of those mechanics i think has a strong case for being evergreen that and like cycling sure yeah i i if um a kicker um became evergreen i think that would be uh perfectly fine um, you know, landfall. Um, very excited to um, see that back. Um, you know, uh, just hoping it gets uh, put on cards that um, are standard play. Yeah, and um, it has already. I just want to BTFO you real quick um, because I think it was either one recording ago or two recordings ago. You lamented how they never reprint strong cards that people are excited about from sets like oh we never get birds back we never get dark confidant back stop hoping for it you had a real doomer mentality that's true and uh lotus cobra and standard downshifted to rare okay turn one lane that plays white play the uh dog that gives you indestructible selfless savior i think uh turn two something that makes green lotus Cobra. turn three play a land create red so you got four mana, play Winota on turn three, swing with the dog and Lotus Cobra and get two humans, uh, you know, high power humans. Uh, is this something that uh, you want to see on the other side of the field uh, in stand when the set comes around? And I am no longer excited for Lotus Cobra in record time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I am a BTFO, as they say. Uh, yeah, Lowe's Cobra coming back, uh, you know, that kind of high value, um, high excitement reprint. Um, I'm, I'm honestly glad there's clearly a desire for these cards to um, come back to stand. Uh, you know, just from yeah. the discourse that we hear when we come back to these sets, people are all like, I want all of my favorite cards reprinted. And the fact that they're actually kind of giving us some of that is, is great. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I agree. I'm very excited for Lotus Cobra, and I'm I'm excited for maybe us getting other good things. I don't know, like um, expeditions. <laughs> um, I think they're unironically being handled better this time than they were last time. Um, an expedition fetch that's uh, non-foil as a box topper in every uh, box is better than not reprinting fetches. I am I am investing in backlash memes about this right now and i'm going hard i'm going all in uh there's there's going to be a lot of backlash about this um you know uh people are saying that wizards of the coast uh promised us a uh, quote meaningful reprint before the end of this year and uh if this is what they were talking about it's clearly not that 
Um, so people are going to be angry. And, and honestly, I don't blame them. Um, they have confirmed that they're going to be reprinting the enemy fetches at Rare in Modern Horizons 2. Um, Mark Rosewater went ahead and said that. Um, that's like, so we are, g- that's 16 months from now. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you count that as a meaningful reprint, but I do think this is, is, it's not nothing. Like I would compare it probably to, um, uh, Nexus of fate and M- as an M19 box topper. Um, like it might, it's not going to fix the fetch land problem, but it is going to give like every standard player who opens a box which isn't that few people is going to get a fetch land and they're either going to have a fetch land, which gets them closer to finishing whatever collection of fetch lands they want, or they're going to sell it, which puts another one on the market. Um, You know, there are multiple guys at my small shop in Berea that I used to go to who get a case every set and they're going to have six fetch lands. And if they only play standard, those fetch lands are just going to enter the market. And if they don't, then, you know, those are fetch lands that are going toward them finishing a collection of fetch lands. So like it's a net positive either way. These aren't investable because they're going to be so common, um, but they're not rare enough that they, they might not be rare enough that they reduce the price, but they'll at least put more copies on the market. I guess it's at least not nothing. I guess it's better than what we had before where we went like five years without hearing a single thing about when these super expensive and uh, required cards uh, were coming out. You know, they've been vocal about like getting them before the year and uh, them being at least uh, uh, attainable in some form or fashion. So um, regardless of uh, people not being happy you know, about the uh, complete accessibility of these, I guess this is a lot better than what we were getting before. We should be thankful for that, right? Sure, yeah. And I think the fact that they're, they're confirming that they're coming back in 2021 as well is showing a willingness to maybe give us once a year master's set circulation reprints of fetches. Um, and that's not bad, honestly. Like, that's the kind of thing that keeps Noble Hierarch under $30. So, you know, if that's the same treat, if they're going to start giving that treatment to cards like Scalding Tarn, I'm on board. Like, that's not what I'd like it to be, but that's not terrible. Um, and these expeditions are also going to be in collector boosters, and we don't know how common they're going to be, but, like, I, I, I want to be hopeful because, like, the Theros Constellation gods in foil are worth less than the regular Theros gods because of how they bungled those... Um, collector boosters and if the expeditions are relatively common in collector boosters like i think they'd still maintain a price that people would be happy to buy collector boosters but they would it would it would definitely reduce the price of fetch lands in general oh yeah yeah you're you're sure you're sure um let's we should probably just be happy with these right um like wizards Uh, sure wizards can just tell us to go toss off right um so they're giving this is let's just be happy about it the Honestly, you know, for for the uh, for the really entrenched players, you should probably just have already bought these already, right? You know, yeah. it's like it's if like, this if results in a price dip, I'll go ahead and pick up a playset. If you're serious about magic, you just need to drop the cash and get your fetch lands, and then you know, uh, continue to yell at wizards to make them uh, cheaper and cheaper, so other people can play the formats that you want to play, and that way, you know, the magic player uh, base grows and grows and grows and uh, becomes something sure. we can be proud. of. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that's okay. Um, uh, I did see that they uh, put uh, Wasteland also as an expedition. Uh, that's a uh, that's a good yeah. One. And uh, Cavern of Souls. Oh yeah, yeah, Cavern of Souls. That's probably the yeah. one I should have said first. Well, I think they're I think Wasteland's more expensive, but they're they're both good. Uh, and despite the fact that they did unf- they did give us, I mean, I guess this could be good depending on if you're a commander player. Um, oh. They did include right. They did include the Battle Bond lands. Sure, sure, yeah. And um, they are also including, they've only confirmed two of them, but it'd be weird for them not to do a whole cycle. They've never done that before. Um, but they are, they have leaked two Fastlands, uh, Ally Fastlands, as expeditions, uh, the green-white one and the red-green the red green one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, the black-red one, that's the most expensive album, right? That's the one that really needs the reap. Yeah, I think the green, the green, red one, and the black, red one are the ones that are most played because Jund really likes those um, lands. But yes, I mean, I'm sure they're going to put all five of them in there. It'd be weird if they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, looks like, um, yeah, looks like there's a lot of uh, excitement for uh, Zendikar Rising. Uh, I might actually just buy a uh, box of set boosters uh, for this, just to kind of uh, open up and uh, get a free, get a free hopeful fetch. Like, 
uh, with it. I think it's just draft boosters. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I think it's draft boosters have a box topper and collector boosters have two. Okay, okay. Um, I I thought it was set booster. I'll, I'll take a look at that. But um, I yeah, I mean. <laughs> booster as, fun. As, exactly. As soon as, <laughs> yeah, no, it's confusing as all hell. But um, I mean, even though I'm primarily an online player these days, um, you know, I might think about getting a box of this, you know, especially if it's just going to come with a free fetch. Um, I mean, that's right. that's exactly what got me to buy the uh, most recent summer secret lake. Um, you know, is oh, which fetch land did you get from that? I didn't open up it. It actually comes in a really cool like envelope type thing that you have to like open up like a Cracker Jack box. Um, so it's uh-huh. sealed. So I don't know which one I have, and I'm probably gonna keep it sealed till I sell it. <laughs> so you're not gonna ever open it? No, I I I don't know if I'm gonna uh, ever open it. I I might. Um, but um, I'll probably just keep it sealed until I need fetch lands and I'll open it up and see if I got the fetch land. I'd... Damn, MTG finance, quote unquote, people. Exactly. Real cringe. Exactly. I mean, if I'm not playing paper magic right now, why would I, open? you know, just keep it sealed. And then, uh, you know, if I need to re- uh, if I need to resell it, I, I'm saved from getting the, uh, you know, the marsh flats and it only being worth thirty dollars. Marsh Flats is only 30 bucks from that uh, I'm, set? I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I know I looked at it a little bit before the box actually got shipped. In, and uh, Aaron Mesa and Marsh Flats are the um, cheaper ones are there. It, it's somewhere yeah. between 30 and 40 but that's in comparison to, like, you know, the Scalding Tarn and the Misty Rainforest, which are up to, like, 60, 65. Okay, yeah. There's, I, there's I wonder how much the regular versions of those are, because I still need to pick them up, yeah. some of them. Yeah, not. Uh, but yeah, that's not something to talk about on the podcast. My personal need for fetch lamps. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I I wish they would not drip feed them to us so slowly. Master sets should be four dollars. All of the things that reasonable people have been saying for forever. But uh, will we got a timeline for the next year in Magic? Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot coming down the road. This is uh, the time of the year where Wizards lets us know what sets we can be look for uh, looking forward to and you know in uh, as they've done before they give us gave us about a year of a uh, new sets and the planes that we'll be going to in the first one seems like a real spicy yeah i really like this practice by the way of just giving us the sets a year beforehand um i think it, it's nice it helps me plan out what i can get hype for and what i can kind of skip but yes the first set it's something that i asked for on our um, podcast where we talk about new planes we want a Viking Norse plane Kaldheim. There was a fake leak for this at the beginning of last year, um, but it's finally real this time, and uh, we're getting a Viking Norse style plane. Hopefully, with some Norse gods, maybe Yggdrasil, Ratatoskr, all that cool stuff. Will, what do you think about Kaldheim coming to Magic? Yeah, it'll be a fun time. Uh, it's obviously a plane that people um, have been looking forward to. There's lots of uh, interesting stories to tell in a like a cold viking type world um so yeah looking forward to it um i one thing that i know everyone's going to be asking about and i hope isn't true is the return of snap uh like i don't i don't want to see that uh, mechanic anymore um i think it's i think it's done it's played out let it go do something new with the <laughs> with the cold viking plan uh, i don't want to see snap um but um whatever they bring i'm sure will be very exciting for the player yeah, I, I certainly hope so. There's a few hopes I have. I want some Norse gods. Um, bears are pretty important to Norse mythology and culture and imagery. And uh, my girlfriend really loves bear tribal. She, as soon as Modern Horizons came out, she bought four Eula and four Eula's influence. She's really hoping that bears will get some support so she can play them in Modern. So that's something we're looking forward to. Yeah, so. Yeah, sound, uh, sounds great. Lots of people, lots of people who, you know, magic players who know kind of the hints and teases of Kaldheim being given to us over the years. And then new play, uh, people who are just like, oh, you know, Norse. Oh, I, I, I like that. That seems interesting. Uh, I'll come and uh, uh, collect these cards because uh, it's a cool set uh, that, you know, they could relate to in some way through human history. Yeah. Um. I, I, I like this a lot. I think it's a good idea. I like the sort of balance of new planes and old planes. I just wish the old planes weren't the same three old planes. Um, they kind of keep coming back to. But um, this next set, 
So Kaldheim, uh, for, forgive me if I don't understand the uh, timeline on this, but Kaldhelm is going to be the, it's going to be like the winter set of next year. So like January, February, uh, January, Correct, February, yeah. 2021. Okay. Appro- yes. Appropriate for us. <laughs> nor- nor- yeah, nor- yeah. Northern Hemisphere boys. Yeah. Northern Hemisphere gang. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is going to be the January set, yeah. to my knowledge. Right, so, uh, yeah, so then we have the second set, which I don't believe we have, uh, been introduced to yet, but I'm sure once we see it, we will be able to immediately pull out the cards that's been shown to us, but, you know, we, uh, we haven't heard it referenced before, and this is Strixhaven, uh, uh, subtitle School of Mages, so, you know, big Harry Potter vibes here. Um, oh hopefully, God. yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you ever told a shitlib to read some theory and they move over in their gamer chair and point to their cum-crusted Harry Potter anthology? Uh, I have seen enough Twitter threads to know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, my God. This politician I don't like. He's exactly like Voldemort. Read another fucking book. <laughs> I'm so God. I get so goddamn angry people who unironically like harry potter mm. man dude you're such a slither oh fuck you dude okay uh, it's ruined everything i like <laughs> um centrist liberals come into the politics not being able to relate anything to their personal experience without talking about which harry potter character it is the most recent fire emblem game was a fucking weird harry potter dating simulator and it was not very good everything fucking oh my god i'm a hufflepuff i'm a slytherin i'm a cumberbatch i i don't fucking care get a personality right 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 well i hate it i already hate this magic set i know it's gonna ruin magic i know it's gonna it's gonna ruin magic for me i cannot if i have to watch another person's soy face for that terribly written anti-semitic garbage Mm. i will vomit all over there play Matt. okay so i definitely agree strixhaven will ruin magic and, and but here's why um they wizards has told us that this is going to be a wizard theme set and you know obviously get that um but wizard theme you know jace is going to be there so jace is going to have this like uh J- you know jace is really is the harry potter of the magic story right um so <laughs> Uh, Jace is going to come in. He's going to have some sort of like redemption arc where he's going to come in, like, uh, you know, fix everything, be like the, the problem. He's going to become the Guild Pact again and, uh, you know, solve the problem just by being like the biggest, smartest mage there and magic will be ruined forever. So we are on the same page with this. So hopefully we can just blank out those couple of months of our lives and just um you know forget about magic until the next set comes out which is a real doozy well there is one set coming out at the same time as strixhaven uh, what's that right or is it between Kaldheim and strixhaven the time spiral remastered oh yeah yeah okay so i've heard of that i don't know anything about um path to exile with old border and chalice of the void with old border and they both have the purple set symbol that's the only thing we know about it Okay, okay, I do remember hearing that this is going to be a paper. Yes. Um, I don't know if these cards are going to be, like, basically rares, or if they're going to... Like, I don't really know how that slot worked in Time Spiral packs. I know you actually played back then. Maybe you could give us a little bit of background on that. But I love the way the path looks with the old border. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely... Uh, yeah, I, I do remember seeing that. I remember seeing the Chalice of the Void. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, back then, uh, the Time Shifted card, it worked a lot like the double-faced cards in original Innistrad and probably in some of the others where there was one guaranteed per pack. Um, like it was like its own sheet. Um, so it had like its own like pseudo rarity. Um, but then there yeah, was it's rare- cheaper to print. But then there was uh, rarities inside of the sheet. Um, so mm-hmm. some cards were rarer than others, but like you got one uh, guaranteed one of those per pack. So hard to say. They didn't really give us, as far as I know, and I have heard, uh, they haven't really given us a lot of info about that other than just those cards. Okay, so there will probably be about 12 Scornful Egotists to every one Path to Exile and about 12 Path to Exiles to every one Chalice of the Void. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. 
Um, I don't know. I'm apprehensively excited for it. I don't know what it's going to become legal in or if it's going to be just reprints. If it's just reprints, that's kind of cool. But like, why? I don't know. Maybe there there will be cool cards in the purple slot. Um, but that I just felt like that deserved a mention. So the next standard set, do you want to lead us into this? Yeah, yeah. So after Strixhaven, we're going to be getting uh, something that's brand new to Magic. This is the D&D Forgotten Realms set. Uh, I think it's like Tales from the Forgotten Realms. Um, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Oh. Uh, uh, I have played D&D in the past. Uh, I, I don't keep up with like the settings or like what comes out time to time, but I know that uh, Forgotten Realms is like a it's like a certain setting within Dungeons and Dragons that seems to have a lot of fans. Uh, maybe like a lot of stuff happens there, but this is like 100% branded Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so we're gonna we're finally getting that crossover between Wizards products. I know a lot of people have been asking for that lately. Um, I've been at, I've been specifically requesting the opposite, and I don't know why they don't just listen to me. Um, I I don't know. I've played D and D a few times, and I just found it a little bit like it's a little bit too crunchy to enjoy the acting, and it's a little bit too theatrical to enjoy the crunchiness. Like it's just in that awkward middle ground, and it's impossible to find a group that either all wants to take it seriously or all wants to make it kind of fun and whimsical yeah. or funny. And if if not everyone is looking for exactly the same thing from the game, then it kills the vibe completely. Right. Um, So but that's that's a criticism of some tabletop games in general. Um, I don't understand how D&D makes a setting because like from what I've understood, it's largely a. a, An engine with which you make games, basically, or like you create your own settings and that's where the fun in it is. So the lore for D&D, from what I understood, is pretty purposefully bare bones so i don't really understand how they're going to turn that into a magic set is it going to be canon are these is oh, this like a part of magic now is it part of the multiverse now what planeswalkers are going to be there are they going to bring back the annoying party mechanic i just don't understand it yeah yeah um this is what i want to hold judgment on uh, it could be really good it could also be very cringy um, and hopefully they won't uh, ruin magic by trying to shoehorn uh, another IP in and uh, into a mainline set. Like this is different than like the Godzilla cards or something like that. Yeah. This is like actually like this has to be canon um, or or not if they just decide to kind of hand wave it. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm apprehensive but it's possible that this could be something really cool. They just have to approach it very carefully. Yeah, it's a good setting to mix with magic. At least it's not like a weird, hard to retcon individual story. It's pretty generic fantasy, I guess. But I, I don't know. I just, I'm not hot on it. I, do, I don't like that it's replacing a core set. I just, I don't know. This I have a lot of apprehensions about it. I'm willing to be proven wrong. But so far, the only thing I'm excited about is Caldheim. Right, right. Well, it's fo- immediately following the Harry Potter block, the Harry Potter set too. Like, I feel like if you're going to make two weird, this is either going to be okay or cringe sets. You should probably put them in different years. Well, okay. I think I figured out what they're trying to do here. All right. So Caldheim, great. Strixhaven, half the player base is going to quit. So we need a palate cleanser. They're going to wash away all the bad with the neutral taste of Dungeons and Dragons to get everybody's palates cleansed for the real entree, the showstopper, double Innistrad sets. That's right, we're going back to Innistrad. And hopefully they'll do it right then. Um, I don't have too much faith. I don't understand how the double sets is going to work. Um, this feels like the palate cleanser for orange juice is like a spam and Colgate sandwich. They're um, they're being coy about how the double sets is going to work. They're, they're, yeah, I don't like that. They're they're not being clear about what the timeline is on this. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, for for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, they are they have announced two Innistrad sets. One is going to be werewolves, and the other is going to be vampires. And they're they're not really being upfront about what that means. Uh, the theme 
of these or what the timeline is going to be is there going to be one set and then another set a couple months down the road are they being released simultaneously um they're being very cool um so lots of you know uh, you know, there, there's a little bit there for people to get excited about a fan favorite plane. They're clearly doing something with it that's insane. Why people love that plane to begin with, but um, there's just too many unknowns about this. Uh, we just gotta wait for them to tell us more about this. Yeah, um, it could be cool. I don't know how limited is gonna work. I'm concerned for that. It feels like they've been moving away from caring about limited, which is really unfortunate and weird to me. Um, as a design choice. It's also, it's more asymmetry. This is weird because like vam- vam- vampires and werewolves were only two of the tribes on original Innistrad. There were five uh, that were in ally color pairs. Right. And this one is just sort of like, why would you give two of the tribes their own set and the other three kind of get left out in the cold or distributed between the two sets? I just don't understand. And like, how are they going to be equal in colors? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't so, know. Like, this is just so, weird to me. Yeah, like, in the Strad, but apparently we don't care about the zombies anymore. Uh, or the spirits or the humans. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, hard to say, but not really a lot to, to go off of. So, um, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not apprehensively confused about this like I am at Strixhaven. Like, Strixhaven is going to be a turd bomb. There, it can't be good. It is, it's, its premise precludes it from being a good set. Dungeons and Dragons looks like it's going to be a dumpster fire. Kaldheim I'm very excited for. Innistrad Werewolves and Innistrad Vampires, I've always been pretty neutral on Innistrad. Um, they ruined it with Eldrazi, so it'd be cool to get a block that's like not Eldrazi'd up, that's just kind of Innistrad, which is the same thing they're trying to fix with Zendikar Rising. Yeah. Um, so it could be good. I, I'm going to keep my mind open, but the dual sets thing is, is strange to me for sure. What do you think is going to break modern more? Um, more uh, returning to Innistrad or uh, Modern Horizons 2? Um, probably something in Strixhaven. They have to make the cards that represent the stupid-ass Harry Potter houses <laughs> powerful so that people who like Harry Potter will play Magic for five minutes and then put it down because it's not Harry Potter. Um, that's the same thing that happens. Like every time you do a crossover, like the fans of the one thing come over to the other thing. They spend five minutes looking at it, realize it doesn't really have anything to do with the thing they like. It just had the skin slapped on it and then they leave. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, I think, um, yeah, we're, we're totally uh, in agreement there. I think, uh, sorry, I'm still fucking ranting. About <laughs> I'm still so fucking mad. There's a goddamn Harry Potter set. Um, I don't think anything can do as much damage to a, as to magic as a Harry Potter set. And if, if ma- I, I don't want to go all Desolator Magic saying everything's going to kill the game, but, like, if Magic survives the fucking Harry Potter set, then <laughs> I, I think it can survive literally anything. All right, Gabe. All right, Gabe. Let's, let's cool it a I little know, bit. I know. I know. I'm pulling a total Gabe right now. Um, but, yeah, uh, you were trying to lead me to um, Modern Horizons 2, and I was too clouded by rage. The only thing we know about it is that it will have enemy fetches, which... Um, in the previous Modern Horizons, they didn't reprint anything. Hopefully this will be like a half reprint, half needed expensive modern cards. It'd be really cool, or half half reprints, half new cards. Hopefully it'd be really cool if like all of the like chase rares and mythics were reprints and the uncommons and commons and like maybe one mythic because they've got to make money are good new cards for modern. Yeah, hopefully um, that's what people want, right? They want, they want new cards that are playable, but not Hogak. And they also want the expensive cards uh, reprint. So what's going Yeah, um, if these are $4 packs, like I know they're not doing MSRP anymore or whatever, but if they make these $4 packs like people asked for, for um, from Modern Horizons 1, because like if you're printing new cards that sh- should already exist or that are, that are coming into existence for the first time, they need to be the same price as new cards should be. If they do that, like I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be so excited. I will. I will slurp on Mark Rosewater's sweaty toes. Um, <laughs> if they, um, if they make this a four dollar pack. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is what's gonna happen. We're getting the enemy fetch lands. That's the only good thing that's gonna happen. All of the reprints are gonna be stuff like hollowed one or um, you know any number of things that are played but not expensive. Uh, and then all of the new cards are going to be Hogax and Arkham's Astral. Um, so enemy Fetchlands are going to be the only good thing about this. And, you know, hopefully uh, it, it will set fire to the rubble of magic after 
Strixhaven. Yeah, uh, I just googled Hollow One, and yes, it's going to be exactly stuff like that. Exactly. Um, exactly. Narc Amoeba is going to be at Rare. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> uh, for the limited environment, of course. Right. Um, sure. Yeah, Narc Amoeba is going to be at Rare. Uh, what else are we going to get? We're going to get uh, we're going to get Shock. Oh, Shock, yes, a classic. Oh, yeah, yeah, classic. classic modern card. Um, yeah, I think this is going to it's going to be pretty poopy. Um, probably <laughs> but you know uh, uh you know not a terrible way to cap off the next year of magic sets uh you know i i think there's enough to uh look forward to with this timeline that i don't plan on selling every single card i own and then like deleting and then selling my arena account then putting setting my computer yeah yeah same i mean i don't know where the world will be a year from now um you know some uh we we could be living in amazon pods (laughs) um with all this content plugged directly from our brains um with ads we we could be living in an in in an even shittier episode of black mirror a year from now Mm -hmm. so yeah we'll see if magic still exists if the world still exists in its current state um or if america just kind of becomes um like a fascist state but instead of a swastika it's the blue lives matter punisher logo hmm. all right all right how about the american flag but instead of the stars it's uh one of the fall guys from the hit video game fall guys ultimate knockout mm. i i want that game really badly i want to play that game and i don't want to think that it could make the world worse <laughs> yeah i i have it i've been playing it with my girlfriend it's a lot of fun uh it, it really is um, kind of uh, emblematic of all the woes and trials, tribulations that's uh, befalling, befalling the world these days, you know, because yeah, I really want a Marxist reading of Fall Guys because you just you try, you try and try and someone else cheats and you were never going to win to begin with. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All guys is a critique of capitalism. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think it's about time for us to uh, to wrap this one up, Fred. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think we're good here. Are you are are you keeping it breezy over there? Uh no. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm I'm good. Uh, yeah. I'm good. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear it. Uh. Yeah. I hope I hope you've all enjoyed this very relaxed, easy breezy, uh, um, you know, Hawaiian shirt type episode of a. Uh, gut shot um you know thanks for hanging out with us you know i'm will at aggressive rhetoric here with my boy frederick at war crimes on twitch and i hope you didn't enjoy this episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> piss off tosser if you have the terrible taste to listen to gut shot you deserve to die